Emma May Jenkins here. This podcast is powered by the Converge Podcast Network. What's up? What's up? Incredible, loved, valued, and significant world changers. My name is Emma May Jenkins, and I am seriously so stoked to have you on the Have You Heard podcast for faith comes by hearing that is hearing the word of Christ. And y'all, this is a very special, I feel like I say that almost every episode, but they're also special. This is a very special episode. As you know, we are in the wedding series, a very sweet time of the year. And we are having a dear friend and sister of mine, Jamie Ivy, on the podcast with us today. So you don't want to miss all of the goodness, all of the wisdom, all of the incredible challenging advice that leads us in a good direction that's going to be shared on today's episode. So without further ado, faith comes by hearing. So grab your headphones and let's get into the word. Jamie Ivy, welcome to the Have You Heard podcast. How are you? <laughs> it's so exciting and I've been looking forward to chatting with you. Gosh, ever since you reached out, I'm like, yes, I feel so honored. So I am, I'm pumped to be here with you and your people. Oh, well, we are pumped to have you and we will totally cover this again whenever the episode ends. But can you share with everybody like where they can find you, where they can connect with you, where we're about to talk about Compliment, the book you and your husband just released and the Bible study. Can you share with people how they can stay in touch with all the good things God is doing in and through you. Yes. Okay. So my favorite social media place to hang out is Instagram. Uh, and I'm at Jamie Ivy over there. But then if you just go to jamieivy.com, everything about me and my life and what I do with mm -hmm. the podcasts I create and the books I write and the places I speak and all the things are there. And so that's a fun way to find out more, but come hang out on Instagram because that's my favorite. Incredible. And y'all, because we're in the podcast world, the Happy Hour podcast, you have to go check it out. The conversations that Jamie has with so many stellar people and the way that she talks with people and the way that she asks questions and it's just, it blesses me and I know it will bless you. So be sure and go check that out too. Oh, Guys, thanks. oh, oh, it's easy to talk about what's true. <laughs> I am like so excited. So I feel like I have so many questions, but first and foremost, like you and your husband, Aaron, just released your book, Compliment. And tell us a little bit about that because it's a two in one and also a Bible study. And it's all about like just the power of seeing beauty, um, seeing the beauty of marriage through scripture and also the power of doing marriage together, which when you hear marriage, you're like, of course you're doing it together. But how crazy is it that so many married couples are doing it separately from one yeah, another? Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about your heart, yours and Aaron's heart behind this book and why you chose to write it in the way you did. Yeah. So my husband, Aaron and I, this summer, in fact, just a couple days after you get married, we will celebrate our 20th anniversary. How fun is that? Oh. Um, I know. <laughs> isn't it great? So we have been married almost 20 years. We have four teenagers. We've just lived a lot of life, more than you, but we also have friends that have lived way more than us. So we find ourselves <laughs> in the middle here and we would never, ever call ourselves an expert on marriage at all. But 
we really do believe um, that marriage is one of God's gifts that he gives to his people. We don't think it's the ultimate thing. We don't think it's the best thing. We don't think we're better than people who are not married. But we do think, hey, because we are married and because this is a gift that God's given us, how do we see it through scripture? How do we see what God says about it? And then also, how do we love each other the way that God asks us to love each other within a marriage, within loving the same person for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And we believe that it's beautiful. We believe that it can be. Uh, We also know that it can be so stinking hard sometimes. And that was something, you know, we talk about the very front of the book of what did we expect marriage to be? And it's fun to talk to you about this right now, since you're just about to, to say, I do. And like you, I'm sure, have some expectations. We had expectations too, and we found that some of them have been right, but a lot of them have been wrong. And so we kind of dive into that as well. But really our heart for this, when it really comes down to it, is we want people um, to see their marriage that they have, that God's given them as something beautiful. We want to see it not only as something that can make you happy, because yes, it can, but that's not the ultimate goal of marriage. We also want people to see it as this way that we can actually point people to the love of God through our marriages. So we wrote our books. And like you said, we each wrote a section and not a section. We each wrote a book. So it's two books in one. We cover the same topics. And it's very much like just story and narrative driven. And then we knew that we wanted to dive deeper into scripture. And so we have a Bible study that you can also do. So that's compliment in a nutshell. I love it. And it's so rich because y'all, y'all talk about all the things like you talk about forgiveness, followership, leadership, sex, Mm -hmm. cheering each other on the powerful Mm -hmm. mission that y'all are on together in the Lord. Like, I love how y'all like y'all were, y'all approached each topic with such humility and like by going to the word and it was just so, so relatable and y'all just did a great job. And something I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about, because whenever I was reading this part in your book, I like really related to it. Um, just in you talking about like be, I remember you talking about being afraid of Aaron leaving you early Mm -hmm. on in your marriage Mm -hmm. and like this fear of rejection. And so I wanted to ask like, how have you seen people pleasing show up in your marriage and how have you combated it? Like needing to be the best, needing Mm -hmm. to be perfect or else he would leave. I thought that was just so raw and relatable because whenever we're afraid of rejection, we pursue perfection. And so we're serving with the wrong motive. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to like hear you expound on that and talk about how you've grown out of that. Yeah. So when I, when Aaron and I were early married, I had walked through some hard things in life of of watching other marriages struggle and fail people that were close to me. Um, and some of that came through infidelity. I saw that, I saw that happen in other marriages. And so I came into the marriage really fearful that that would also be my story. Um, Mm. You know, I had no reason to think that. Um, Aaron had never given me a reason to think that. But it was just, we do that. We take our life stories and they 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 mold us and they, they, they become a part of us. And so that was a real big fear of mine. And I can say now, I'll talk about how I walked through it, but even 20 years later, I still combat that fear all the time. Um, I'm thankful now for maturity. I'm thankful now for knowing God's word more. And I'm thankful now that it's not an everyday battle and I know how to fight it. So with all that said, early on in our marriage, I just decided, listen, if this is a possibility, I'm going to do everything possible in my will to make sure that Aaron does not leave me. Because in my mind, I thought the reason that he would leave, well, this is a false narrative as well. But in my mind, I thought he would leave because I just wasn't good enough for him. So I Mm -hmm. set out to be, 
I, I kind of created this award, which is dumb and funny. And I guess I let competitions, <laughs> but I wanted to be like the best wife in the world. And so for me, you're right. That serving Aaron and serving him within our marriage, it wasn't an overflow of my heart of love for the God, for God. It was an overflow of me saying, what can I do to keep him happy? And that is wow. exhausting. Um, it yeah. doesn't work. And honestly, you know what it is? It's, it's lying. Like, I, like, it's almost like I was lying to my husband. Like, okay, I'm serving you. And you think I'm like a, 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 like a servant-hearted, God-fearing, loving wife. But really, I'm just self-protecting. I'm really just kind of protecting my own heart. Wow. And so, you know, I would say yes to everything. You want to go on a guy's night? Yes. Leave me here with all the kids? Yes. What do you need? Whatever you want, you can have it. <laughs> wow. Because I had this idea that I could keep Aaron from from leaving me. And the truth is, I don't want to make light of that fear because it's a fear that a lot of people have. And for a lot of people, it's, you know, it, it comes with the reason they have that fear is because they've, they've had struggles with that before in their marriage. And, and I know that it's true for people, but what I had really had to learn was that a, I can't keep Aaron from doing anything and B man, what God really wants for me is he wants me to love my husband because of how much he's loved me because of how much God has loved me. I should say to make sure you understand that. I'm not loving Aaron and being a servant-hearted wife to keep him from doing anything. I want to love my husband and serve him well because I know how much I've been loved by the Father. And so when I had that switch, you know what? I still honestly, like, I don't want to sound bragging or anything. You know what? But I think I'm a good <laughs> wife. You know, like, I try really yeah. hard. <laughs> but I can also honestly say that the reason I do that is different now. And you know what? It's more fun this way. There's not as much stress. I don't feel like I'm in control of everything, but I really had to learn that the hard way. Man, that's just, it's so relatable. And a while back, I was reading through Zechariah. Come on, Zechariah. Mm -hmm. And um, the Lord says, like, I think they were in the process of like rebuilding the temple. And the Lord basically said, like, it is not by strength or by force, but it is by my spirit. Mm. And that just came to my mind as you were sharing that, that we can, in our own strength, muster up the power to like, think or at least think that we can make people think a certain way about us or think that we can determine the actions of others but it is it will only last you so long and yeah. ultimately that other person is responsible for how they respond and how they act and whenever we truly rest in who God says that we are and we rest in how much he loves us and how much he loves that other person mm. then it comes from this genuine overflow and it's even stronger than what we could have ever mustered up on yeah. our own. Yeah. It's a much better way to go about things. <laughs> it is a much better way. And you know what? Also, another thing that happened is it took a lot of stress off of me. I mean, wow. I yeah. look back and I think, golly, Jamie, that was a lot of burden to bear to think that, that you are the one responsible for your husband's actions. And so when I switched that serving attitude, it freed me up to actually be confident in God. And like you just said from that verse, like it's through his spirit that we do anything. Mm -hmm. So there was freedom for me found in that as well. Wow. Wow. And I feel like this is kind of maybe a little bit on a different topic, but it kind of related. And so I wanted to talk about it with you because I feel like in a lot of ways, we're a little similar. Um, mm -hmm. You talked about how 
you like despised conflict, like Mm. avoided conflict in every way, shape and form. And I definitely like is that I've noticed throughout our engagement. That's been something the Lord has really been strengthening in me. Um, I think it's because like, if there's ever an issue at hand that or or a disagreement at hand, instead of hearing Josh, my fiance, hearing his um, disagreements about the issue, I will hear my character or my mm. identity yep. or my value be questioned. And my our premarital counselors put it this way that if you were to bake a cake for someone, the worst ingredients you could put in that cake is your identity, your worth, and your value. Because if they then critique that cake, like they would have rather have vanilla instead of chocolate, or they would have rather a different color icing. You don't hear a critique of the cake. You hear a a critique of you as a baker. And I think that that's something that I've really been growing in is one, I've noticed a fear of conflict because I just want there to be happiness. Mm -hmm. I just want there to be smooth sailing. I'm afraid, but also I think there's this fear of like, is he going to see me differently because now there's a disagreement or because this isn't being handled in the way that I wish where we all get along, Mm. Um, which is not a safe place to be because peace doesn't have to mean the absence of conflict. Like you can have both together. And, and I once heard this quote, I can't remember who it's by, but they said that the healthiness of a relationship is not determined by whether or not there's conflict, but rather how the conflict is handled. Mm-hmm. And I just love that. And I wanted to ask you, how have you seen your marriage grow in the area of healthy conflict? And like, what would you say it took for that growth to happen? Because it's such a real thing. <laughs> it is such a real thing. And it's a hard thing. And it it yeah. hurts sometimes. I mean, it really does. You know, uh, disagreements aren't like, oh, I love, I want to jump into a disagreement with you. No, I, I'm like you too. I want to run away from disagreements because they scare me and I get afraid. And I like you too. That example that you said of the cake is so good. And I'm going to remember that because I can sometimes hold my identity with things that are not about my identity at all, you know? And so one of the things that I know about Aaron and I is that we have never been huge fighters. We had a blissful like honeymoon stage in those first couple of years. Like we were just loving life. And it wasn't until we had some life circumstances enter into our life that disagreements became harder for us to deal with. And, you know, I've been, Aaron and I have both been really honest about this. 2020 was really hard for us in our marriage. Uh, I don't know Mm -hmm. if it was releasing a book on marriage and Satan, like, here I come, or, you know, the quarantine or everything else that everyone walked through. And I think everyone had hard seasons in 2020. All of a sudden, our coping mechanisms, the way we had dealt with life before, the way we had entered into disagreements, um, things in our own personal work life were, you know, in distress, just like so many other people in our world last year. And it was all of a sudden, we were not fighting well. We weren't handling our stress well. We weren't handling our disagreements mm-hmm. well. And I look back on that season and I think, man, that was terrible and awful. And I never want to go through it. But I can honestly say here we are in 2021. We're better because of those times, not because of the fights and not because of the arguments, but because we had to actually face things that we hadn't before. And, you know, I think anytime people go through hard things, I would say oftentimes they say, I never want to do that again, but I see some fruit coming from it. And, and that's kind of where I sit now with those hard, the hard season we had last year is I see fruit and the fruit I see is the ability for us to trust each other. One thing that we said 
last year, towards the end of last year, and we were talking through what March, April, May, and June, March, April, May, and June were just really hard for us. And at the end of last year, we were talking about it a little bit. And I remember Aaron said something to me that I just haven't forgotten. And it's something that I'm honestly having to work on in areas of my life is he said, he said, I feel like oftentimes in those moments of disagreements, you know, early in quarantine is that you assumed the worst about me instead of the best about me. And that was hard for me to hear because I wanted to be like, no, I didn't. No, you're wrong. But I sat with it and I realized he was right. Like I was so quick to assume the worst instead of assuming the best. And that's just not how we've rolled in our marriage. And for some reason, I kind of lost that in those months of, you know, (laughs) figuring out life and my kids are home from school and my whole work life canceled, you know, just all the things I went to this place. And I realize now I think about that often is that, man, I want to be in a marriage and honestly, in all relationships with my friends and my coworkers, where I assume the best. And when someone is having a hard day, I don't want to assume that they hate me. I want to assume that they're a lovely person and they have a hard day today. That's where, that's the kind of person I want to be. And so I would say that's the biggest thing I took away from 2020 and our disagreements and hard times in our marriage, those couple months was, man, I went to a place that I don't want to go to where I assumed the worst about someone that is not the worst, that is so dear and the love of my life. And that's what I'm striving for now is to assume the best about people. Hmm. Wow. I, I feel like wow is the word of this, <laughs> of this episode because I'm just soaking it all in. That's so, that's so practical and, and real and so, so rich. Yeah. Cause I think too, like whenever we're with our closest people, mm-hmm. I feel like this can be a really good thing, but it can also be a really bad thing is we aren't as afraid to show how we're really feeling. Right. We aren't afraid. Like we can sometimes take away a filter mm-hmm. and we are quick sometimes to assume the worst or yeah. to open up our mouth and share what's on our mind. And it, it's not always the most uplifting thing. And it can be a good thing because it's like, wow, what a safe place for vulnerability. But whenever mm-hmm. it's used to not be quick to listen and slow yeah. to speak, and when it's used to assume the worst, whenever we just feel like it's a safe place, so we can, it's, yeah. it can be dangerous. And so I'm just so glad that you, that you brought that up. Cause I feel like that's just a daily thing to practice assuming the best in people. Totally. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And you know, us, we have a lot of, we have a lot of years under our belt. And so there's history there, you know? And so it's not as though mm-hmm. I can, I could have said like, well, you're, you've, you've been like this for 19 years. Like we have so much history within our friendship and within our marriage and our relationship and our partnership and everything we do together, um, that that history matters, you know? And so bringing that to the table and going, man, I can, and, and you know, there were a lot of layers on top of that. Aaron came on my show, the happy hour that you mentioned earlier, and he shared about this so I can share about it publicly. He also was, you know, diagnosed with depression last year. So we just had all these layers of Mm. things that we were trying to walk through. And I can just tell you that, you know, when you go into your marriage, there's this idea that, man, everything is just uphill from here. And it is, we love marriage. We're fans of marriage. I obviously, (laughs) um, but you know, nothing could have prepared me to walk through some seasons that I've walked through with my husband. And uh, I think just assuming the best, being grounded in God's word and really loving the heck out of him is what I had to really strive for last year. Hmm. Man, Jamie, I love you. Oh, you're so kind. 
This is incredible. And the, uh, a quote that Aaron said in y'all's book was that like something that like, and I've heard this too, something that people who are already married will say to couples that are about to get married is like, just wait till you get married. It will all go downhill before that. And, and Aaron talked about how like, that's actually not how it's supposed to be. And I love sitting here with you because you're talking about the tough stuff, but you're still boldly and confidently saying like, but it's not downhill. Like it's, it, because it's in God's design and because mm-hmm. it's worth it, it and because it's led by God's spirit, it's filled with joy, even in the midst of that tough stuff that you couldn't have planned. Totally. And I mean, when we look at, sometimes I like to think that this book that we wrote, Compliment, I would have like put a little subtitle under the subtitle that's like, just looking more like Jesus. Like that, that's kind of what I feel like. And so many times people get into a marriage and like you said, like, they'll be like, Oh, just wait, you know, it's all downhill from here. And the truth is that it's not, it's this beautiful relationship. And you mentioned that, you know, the Holy spirit is that Aaron and I both have the Holy spirit in us. And, you know, if you're listening and you're a Christian, you do too. And so God is so clear in his word about what the spirit does for us. And he helps us and he guides us and he teaches us and he reminds us and he intercedes on our behalf and all of these things that he does. God also talks in his word and Jesus says many times about how we love people. You know, Paul says in first Corinthians, when he's writing to the, to the church, he goes through first Corinthians 13 about love and what it is. And and he's actually, you know, we take that as like a wedding and marriage thing, but he's actually just writing to people in the church and saying, here's what love looks like. And if he's writing that to the people in that church, that is for us in our marriages as well. You know, that love is kind and love is patient and it doesn't envy and, and it's not jealous and, and it's not out for revenge and it doesn't keep account of wrongs and it is kind and it is gentle and all of those things. And so I look and I think, okay, God, you say this is what love is. I love my husband. I want to do what, what this looks like. And so for us, it's like, man, how do we live every day looking more like Jesus and looking more like Jesus mm-hmm. is, you know, loving your neighbor and Jesus says it's the second greatest commandment. And you know what? Your neighbor can be your husband in your house, in your same house. This is the person that you live with and you get to love him with everything that you have. And so Goodness. is it hard sometimes? Like that, I think that's another thing that Aaron, I want to say is like, yeah, I could have never imagined, you know, 20 years ago on June 22nd, 2001, some of the things that Aaron, and I would walk through never could I have imagined also now I can't imagine walking through them with anyone else. And so there's mm-hmm. just this expectant for beauty with the knowledge that that there's sin in this world and life is hard. And man, God, you gave me this partner out of all the billions of people in the world. You put us together to walk through the hard things together. I praise you and thank you for that because is Aaron, my husband, is he perfect? Absolutely not. I could tell you all the ways he's not. But in God's great big design, he thought we would be perfect together. And that that's worth fighting for. It's worth fighting for. That is so cool. And that, oh, that's so cool. I'm like having a big praise party in my bedroom. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that like is so perfect because it leads me to the, another question I wanted to ask. And I feel like you've kind of answered it, but you've mentioned that marriage is a gift and a living picture of God's love. Can you explain that a little bit more and how you've seen that to be true in scripture and in your daily life with your husband? 
Yeah, there's this beautiful picture of of marriage, and Paul, I think, he even calls it like a mystery. Like it's this mystery that that we could represent, you know, God and His church. And we see a wedding. You know, you're going to have a wedding this summer. I'm so excited for you. Um, and we see this union of you know a husband and a wife coming together and becoming one flesh. And then you know, the, God describes the the bridegroom that he's waiting for his bride and that's us as the church like the people of god we are jesus's bride and again mm-hmm. sometimes i'm like this is so weird god i cannot even imagine this because when i think of a bride and groom <laughs> i think of like two people standing on a stage you know holding hands and saying their vows but god has this beautiful picture of how jesus is coming back to get his bride and that is us and we're going to be united together forever. And so there's this imagery that we get to show the world about God's great love for us. And this covenant, you know, a covenant is, you know, uh, it's like a, it's a law, it's a promise that cannot be broken. And God had made lots of covenants with his people in the old Testament. And we see in the very beginning, this covenant between Adam and Eve, when they, when they became one and they became one flesh and then we see that that God has a covenant with his people that he he's going to he's going to save us and bring us back to him and we see that through Jesus and then we see that mm-hmm. when Aaron and I stood on a stage together and when you and your sweet fiance stand on a stage together and you make a covenant to each other to love each other we get to have this imagery of what God does with his people and so it's deeper than maybe I well, um, let me rephrase that. It's deeper than I even imagined when we when we got married 20 years ago. But I've grown into seeing how the marriage union that my husband Aaron and I get to have, we can point people to the truth of God and his love for them through that. And you know what? I agree. I think it's a mystery. I think it's crazy. I think it's weird. And I don't understand how it all works. But I believe God and I trust him. And I see that he's faithful with, yeah. with his word and what he does. And so our union gets to point people to the love of God. And what an honor. And, you know, I want to say this, and I think I already said it. I'm really, really, really adamant about saying this every time I talk about our book is that we believe that, that marriage is beautiful. We believe that's special. We believe it is a ginormous gift from God and we believe he uses it in great ways to point people to him. We don't think it's the ultimate thing. We don't think it's the ultimate gift. We don't think anyone that's married is better than anyone that's not. We really value the gift of singleness and the way that God uses singleness to point people to him as well. So I I like to throw that in all the time so so that people don't think, oh, okay, this doesn't apply to me. Because even as a married woman, I love learning from my single friends and how they are pointing people to the Lord. And I think single friends can learn from married friends as well. So that's my caveat I always throw in. So I'm glad I got it in. I'm so glad you got it in too, because that is so true. Like God says in scripture that marriage is a gift and singleness is a gift, but we live in such a culture that like people can sometimes see singleness as simply, um, just like a waiting period until I get to the, to the ultimate position of life that is marriage. And and I think that is a, a little like dangerous to have that mentality. I currently, this past year up leading up to the wedding, I've lived in a house with my three best girlfriends. And it's so sweet because I'm engaged. Um, one of the girls is dating and two of the other girls are single and we all constantly learn from each other. And mm-hmm. I think that there's something so powerful about just whatever season you're in, seeing the Lord as faithful in that season and seeing your worth as steadfast because God claims your worth, not a season. Yeah. And like, you're not more worthy. You're more valuable 
once you're married versus when you're still single. Like both are significant if the Lord has you there. Um, And so I'm just so glad that you said that because that's so true. So I hope that the people listening who are not dating or engaged or married, I hope that you didn't check out and you've been encouraged too about the love of the Father and how you can love your friends well and how you can champion on your family well. Um, because I think that all some of these things talked about in our episode today are really just foundational in life. While we're specifically talking about marriage, there are some things that you're like, it doesn't matter who I'm with, I want to assume the best in them. You know, 100%. So, yeah. That's good. That's really good. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network and is sponsored in part by. your favorite restaurant consistently makes such delicious food? The short answer, they have access to the right kitchen tools. With Maiden's professional quality cookware and kitchenware, anyone is capable of making restaurant quality food at home. Maiden products are made to last and they offer a lifetime guarantee. Maiden, better cookware for better meals. Right now, Maiden is offering our listeners 15% off your first order with promo code EMMA. That's capital E-M-M-A. This is the best discount available anywhere online for Maiden products. So go to maidencookware.com slash EMMA and use promo code EMMA, that's capital E-M-M-A, for 15% off your first order. That's maidencookware.com slash EMMA. Use promo code EMMA. That's capital E. If you're single and looking to date but don't know where to start, it's time to check out Upward. Upward is a new free app that is super easy to use. You can create a profile in just minutes and before you know it, you'll be chatting with other Christian singles near you. Ready for a partner that puts faith first? Then it's time to check out Upward. That's U-P-W-A-R-D. Download the app and find your match today. I love, okay, this is cool. I love how you honestly acknowledge that your marriage is not perfect. Um, And I wanted to ask you, like, was it hard for you to accept the fact that you nor your husband weren't going to do everything perfectly? Because I feel like once we accept that we need God's strength because we are weak, we actually experience greater joy in the gift that God has given us because we aren't like holding ourselves to this unrealistic standard, but we're walking in dependency on the Lord. Would you agree? Yeah. And you know, I think it hasn't been hard for me to accept that because I'm fully aware of my faults. And (laughs) yeah. And so I, I am like, I know my sin. I know my struggles. I know what will take me out. I know my weaknesses. And so when I am fully aware of how much I need God, it's really hard for me to hold Aaron to a standard of perfection. Um, Mm -hmm. because I know that I can never meet that standard of perfection and it would be unfair for him to hold me to it. And so I'm not living my life as like, oh, we're just always going to hurt each other and always going to fail. No, we strive to never do that. But 
anyone that's been alive or around another person for a minute knows you're going to hurt them. You're going to fail them. It's just because we have this thing called sin in our life. Mm. Um, so I think for me, that's so good, Jamie. being so fully aware of how much I need Jesus on a daily basis, it helps me not expect Aaron to be perfect because if I need Jesus as much, then I know he does as well. And we kind of have this, we have this ongoing modeling of loving each other in spite of our downfalls. And again, it's not this um, permission to be a jerk to your spouse. It's this permission to, um, to love and forgive and pour out grace in spite of how either one of you feel towards each other. And the only reason that any of us can do that, honestly, is because of Jesus, because he's done it for us. And when I lose yeah. sight of how much that's been done for me from Jesus is when I can get all high and mighty and think I deserve better. But when I remember mm. um, that in spite of my jerkness towards the Lord, he continues to chase me and continues to love me and continues to pour out anything and everything that I need it's this reminder of, okay, this is the calling on our lives to look more like Jesus. So how do I do that in every relationship and specifically in marriage? Wow. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> That's what I say to that. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. And I, I think going back to like when we were talking about people pleasing and like being afraid of rejection, if we aren't the best, like that kind of goes, falls back in that same category. Like, um, I was once challenged with the, with the just incredible statement of Emma. It's one thing to know, like in your head knowledge that you don't have it all together. It's another thing to accept it. And mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of freedom when we accept it, as you were just talking about, and you're able to like yeah. rest more. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's so good. And okay. This, I did not know this about you. Uh-oh, what I is it? I had to ask you. <laughs> okay, this is like, I think that this is just so courageous, this story of obedience to the Lord. So you had been engaged before. Yes. When you were 21 and you canceled the wedding. Yes. Jamie, you have to tell us this story. Well, first of all, I need you to know that if I were invited to your wedding and um, we were like, like say I was like your cousin and like I'm, I have that kind of relationship, like, you know, we're close, right? So I don't yeah. do this at random weddings. I have to like, I got to really know the person, right? Let's, right? Let me tell you what I do. <laughs> my At first, when I first did this, my husband was like, you're wrong. I did it to my best, best friend. And I think she was mad at me for two weeks. I was her maid of honor. Like, I think she got home from her honeymoon. And she's like, I'm still mad at you. I would come back to your dressing room. <gasps> And I would look at you and I would say with all sincerity, if you don't want to do this, I'll go with you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> People everywhere are like, okay, that's the worst. But here's the deal. If you really want to marry him, you're like, I'm good. Thank you. If you have any kind of doubt, like, and I don't mean doubt, like I'm nervous. It's a big day. You know, are the flowers ready? People that have experienced what I experienced, they know what that feels like. And no one can explain to you what it feels like to have this idea that you cannot shake of, I just don't know if this is right. And for me, praise God, it happened, you know, months before the wedding. And I did have a dress. I did have a, a, a bunch of deposits out. But you know what, Emma, I was just thinking, I was, I was started following Jesus and was engaged to a guy who was not on the same path as me. And I just couldn't shake that this was not who I was supposed to marry. And it wasn't a I don't know how to explain it unless anyone has been through it 
or they're feeling the same thing that I was feeling is I just kept feeling like, I don't think this is who I'm supposed to spend the rest of my life with. And Mm. I wanted to spend the rest of my life with him because I did love him. I mean, that it's not a matter of, of course I loved him as much as I knew that I could. And then there was this, like, I don't want to let people down. And what will people think about me? And who does this? Like how mean and all the things. And I really look back and think, man, the Holy Spirit was doing something because I couldn't shake it. And I went to my dad's office one day and I, I just told him, I was like, dad, I don't think I can marry this guy. And you know what, Emma, I, I thought he might say to me, like, are you sure? Like, everything's fine. We love him. You know, all the things. And he just listened. And then he was like, I think you should do whatever you think you're supposed to do. And that was so empowering to me because mm. I think I didn't believe that I could make that choice. I had made I had made so many terrible choices in my lifetime that had really brought me a lot of pain. And I felt kind of frozen. Like, do I have the ability? A, I was like, do I have the ability to follow God? I'm a new, I'm a new believer. I grew up in church. I knew all the rules. I knew all the things, but to me, I was a new believer. And so I thought, do I have the ability to follow him? And man, I've just screwed up so many things. Am I about to screw up something else in my life? But I couldn't shake it. And so can I tell you my favorite part of the whole story? Please. Okay. I love stories. Okay. So my favorite part of this whole story is um, I my I was going to a church that my parents worked at. I mean, that my parents were attending and my brother was in the student ministry and my husband now, the, the man I married to for 20 years was the youth, was the youth guy. So we had like a cordial friendship relationship. Um, and I was a new, you know, new Christian, like I said, and, and I, and I go to break off my engagement and oh, just one of the hardest things I've ever done, honestly. And I'm looking at the guy and, you know, it's sad and I'm crying. And I mean, it's just so hard. There's nothing easy about this. And at he, he wow. looks at me and he says, if it's not me that you want, what is it that you want? And listen, I wish I could make this up, Emma, but these are the words that came out of my mouth. I said to him, I said, you know, I'm not exactly sure, honestly, but I think I do want someone like that Aaron Ivy guy at church. <gasps> yes. Look, no. it almost makes me cry right now because we were we were just like very casual friends, like very casual friends. And um, but I saw something in him and I saw something that really intrigued me. And I had never dated a Christian in my entire life. And I would look at this guy, Aaron, at church and think, A, I thought he'd probably never want to go out with me out of a really sketchy past. And B, I was like, I just don't think he's my type. He's like real good. <laughs> and he loves Jesus. And, you know, those type of things. Like and, <laughs> and there I said that. And then nine months later, Aaron asked me on, my da- on a date. And we were married a year and a half later. Isn't that not crazy? Jamie, that is the sweetest. And I just can't help but think of how, like, like you'll never regret being obedient to the Lord. Oh, my gosh. Never. I mean, look. At my, I have my man of my dreams and I'm very honest. We've had some hard times. I love yeah. this guy more than I ever thought I could love someone. And I had to step out and be obedient. And listen, I don't want people listening to go. This is not a go break <laughs> off your engagement <laughs> podcast, but it is a man. Trust the Holy spirit. Like that's, that's mm-hmm. what I just want to say is like, trust the Holy spirit. Listen to that voice that God's given you because it's not, um, it's not a voice for harm and it's not a voice to ruin your life. It's a voice for good. And I just feel like that felt like I was ruining my life. And God was saying, 
I have something really big planned for you. And look at where we are now. Wow. And I even pray that that is like an encouragement to those listening that may be dating too. Mm -hmm. And like, I feel like sometimes we did like dating is just, it should be taken seriously. Like me and Josh, my fiance, like we dated with like the intention of like, I'm dating you because I could see myself marrying you. Like it wasn't just for fun. No playing games. Um, so it should be taken seriously, but also I've heard Ben Stewart say it as it's evaluating. Like you're seeing, like, as you do life with this person and you, you evaluate their character, you evaluate their friendships, you evaluate how they, how they pursue you, how they honor you, how they seek the Lord, all of those things. And I think sometimes people can step into a dating relationship and feel like in a way they're stuck Mm. and they could never break it off because because they've said yes. And because of all the reason you brought up, like, yeah. well, people, what will people think of me? Like, is this something super mean or all these things? Mm-hmm. And you dating is not marriage and right. you are not in a covenant with someone. So I think that that is just really encouraging to yeah. know that like, I want to be obedient to the Lord. Um, and that's something I'll never regret doing, whatever yeah. that obedience may look like. And I think too, sometimes feel, especially particularly dating. I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up. And as people feel like, I mean, who else is there? Like, is this the best mm. it could be? And, you know, I don't know that anyone else will want to date me. And honestly, I, I would, I would ask that person to step back and say, is that, that also is a whole nother conversation about singleness <laughs> and how much we think wow. singleness is the worst thing in the world when that's just not true. And so someone's looking at the person that they're dating and they see a lot of character qualities that they don't like in their mind, sometimes they view the alternative as this life of like loneliness and singleness, and I'm going to become a nun in a convent. And that's just not true either. So we're looking at two false things. One that says a bad character boyfriend is okay. And the other that says being single is not okay. And both both of those things are not true. And so I would also encourage any woman or, or guy, anyone that's listening to think through like, how much do I value myself? Do I value what God has put in me and the gifts he's given me and the ideas and the places he's put me? Am I just, am I going to settle for a characterless person? And and let me tell you guys, this is, I'm going to sound like, here comes the old lady comment right here. Character (laughs) matters because character in 20 years is what sustains a marriage. Um, You know, friendship matters. It's what sustains. Um, Sex is beautiful and it's a gift from God. 20 years in, that's not the sustaining factor of a marriage. Um, You know, good looks and having fun and eating at the same restaurants, like those things are not the sustaining. It's that friendship and that's character that lasts a lifetime. Um, And so really, really kind of look at your relationship and think, is this the kind of person that I see myself doing life with in 20 years? That's a great question. And that should change a lot of things. It should. That's so good. Knowing that, like, I'm not going to settle on myself because I know that God doesn't settle on me. Right. And trusting that. Yeah. He, the Lord knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And, but sometimes in our just tunnel vision, looking at something so close up, we need to ask God for that higher perspective yeah. Yeah. into a situation that may be hard to see. I just love that that conversation just went there. Ah. Oh. Love it. Love it. I I have like singleness on my brain because I just had Sam Alberry on my podcast and he has a book out called seven. I love him so much. He has a book out called seven myths about singleness. And it is, I I recommend it for single and married people. And it is that good. So it's on my brain. And so I'm glad we got to talk about it. 
no way. Okay, I am, like, I guess I just left my junior year at Liberty, and this past mm-hmm. semester, I took a an ethics class. It's like ethics within our culture, mm-hmm. but, like, it was so cool because we would talk about so many different things within our classroom, like hot topics and culture, but from a biblical foundation. And so it was just so equipping as to, as we step out into the world and we have conversations about tons of just hot topic stuff, how do we stay rooted in scripture, but have dialogue with people and not Mm -hmm. just like throwing out things. And one of our assignments was to write a paper and I wrote my paper on the seven myths of singleness. <gasps> Look at you. That's so cool that you interviewed him. I love that. He is, he's one of my favorite people. He doesn't know it and we've never met except for our interview, but I just, I highly res- respect him and the way that he, the way that he gives us God's word. He's an apologist. I mean, like he's just, he's so wicked smart, but he's also mm-hmm. funny. Um, and he's just, he's kind in his approach. I'm a fan. So Sam Alberry, yeah. we love you. Both Big of fan. us. Yes. Yes. I love that too. Like it was saturated with scripture. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. Just love that. This is great. Okay. This is the best <laughs> ever. I have, okay, friend, I have two more questions for you. Although I actually have like 40, but because of time, <laughs> I have two more questions. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. So I absolutely loved in yours and Aaron's book that you talked about cheering each other on, even though you're different. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. You know, Aaron and I, it's, it's funny because we have so much fun together and we have always had so much fun in our marriage. It's been like something about us that we just, we love hanging out together and we have so much fun together. And yet we are so very different. Uh, you know, some of the differences is I have season tickets to the Texas Longhorn football games and Aaron's never been because he hates football. Um, Aaron goes every year to ACL, which is which is a ginormous music festival here in Austin. I hate it. I never want to go to that. It sounds like my worst nightmare, standing outside in the hot and a big group of people watching people play music. Never. And so there are some major differences. You know, he's a singer. I'm tone deaf. Um, and so we have these differences. And here's what happens sometimes we see in marriages when there are these unique differences is I could very much lose track of caring about what Aaron does. And the reason is, it's not because I'm a mean person because I don't get it. I I don't know the Mm -hmm. aspects of songwriting. I don't know what makes a song better than another one. I don't know. I mean, I know what a chorus is and a bridge because he taught me, but I I don't know much more, you know? And so there could be this tendency for me to not care. And I have been that way more times than I can count. Aaron will come in with a new song and he'll play it for me and I'll be distracted or I'll be like, I'll just answer like, yeah, I like it, you know, and what he needs from me in that moment is he needs my attention. He needs for me to cheer him on in something that I clearly do not understand. Now, Aaron's not asking me to be fake. He's not asking me (laughs) to to make up things because you can tell when someone cares, you know, but like he wants me to cheer him on. Um, You know, I've seen Aaron lead worship a million times in my lifetime. A million times have I seen him lead people in worship. And he's one of the best worship leaders out there. And so there can be this tendency for me after church uh, to just, what's for lunch? Where are we going? What are we doing? But you know what Aaron needs for me? And it's not because he needs someone to tell him how awesome he is. He needs for his wife to look at him and say, man, I really love that second song that you led. You led us to the throne of God today and you did a great job and God was working through Mm. you. And so 
when life gets busy and life gets hard, it's real easy to let go of those things. And so we have dedicated to each other that we will be each other's biggest cheerleaders and biggest fans. And that sounds cheesy and it sounds weird, but here's, here's the dilemma is that people are going to cheer people on. And so Aaron's going to get encouragement somewhere. He's going to find it somewhere. He needs encouragement. It's one of his five love languages is he needs encouragement. So do I want him to get it from me or do I want him to find it elsewhere? And again, I'm not saying that I, you know, need to cheer, like, just like cheer my husband on. He walks in the door. I'm like, you're so amazing. I love you. You're so awesome. I can't, you know, no, I'm saying I need to be real and I need to remember that what my husband does matters. And I need to remember that I want to be the person that's the most proud of him. I want to be the person that is the most cheering for him. I want to be the person that he knows man, I'm having a bad day. You know who I know is for me? My wife. My wife is for me. And so that sounds trite sometimes. And it sounds like, okay, whatever. I'm telling you, it has been foundational for us in our marriage. And so often, Mm -hmm. Emma, we see people tearing their spouses down publicly. And I always think, wow, if you say that at this dinner table around all these people about your husband, what do you say at home? And we also are like, we don't play that game. We do not play that game. We are not publicly ever going to tear each other down. And listen, I've messed up in that and I haven't done it out of meanness. I've done it to get a laugh. And I remember getting a laugh of saying something about Aaron and the whole table laughed. And I looked at Aaron and like the way he looked at me was like, not in anger, but of, wow, you just threw me under the bus in front of all these people. And Mm. I'll never forget that. And so we just have this commitment. We are not going to tear each other down publicly or privately for that matter, but especially publicly. So we just want to be for each other. And oh, yeah, I, I can like hold my head high knowing that my man is for me. Man. And oh, that's just so comforting. And is so, that's just so sweet because our tongues hold the power of life and death. And 100%. if anything, I want to speak life and honor and like build up my person. Mm -hmm. Like this is my person who the Lord has called me to help. And it's just, I just love that. I just love it so much. Mm. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Okay. This is the last question. Sad. Sad. But (laughs) my last question of the day is, here we go. What piece of advice would you give to a woman about to step into marriage? Oh, what one piece of advice. Okay, I have it. Are you ready? I am so ready, Jamie. (laughs) Gosh, I feel like there's a million pieces of advice. (laughs) All right, here we go. Are you ready? I would say this, and this sounds so very church woman. And so I say this with an attitude of this piece of advice, I think can transform anyone's life. And I, and I would say to this as a, as a woman, wake up every day and think to yourself, how do I get to love and serve this person like Jesus did? And, and the reason mm-hmm. that sounds so churchy is because honestly, I would say that to a new mom, you know, like you could fill in the blank for anything. <laughs> and so the reason that you can fill in the blank for anything is because that's really the calling on our life as a Christ follower. 
And I think one of the things that happens in marriages is we take that calling on our life as a Christ follower and we give it to everyone else in our life except our spouses. You know, you mentioned earlier about how you can get so caught up in, you know, the person that you're the closest to, that you spend the most time with. Sometimes you can just not give them your best because they're there. They're always there. You know, it's like, it's just Mm -hmm. my husband. Why do I need to be kind to him? Like I can be my real self and you can be your real self. But I see a lot of women love everyone around them really well, except for their spouse. And I would just say, man, and you know what? I'm I'm saying the same thing to husbands too. So don't anyone get upset and be like, oh, well, why does a woman have to serve? It's not a woman thing. It's a Christ follower thing. And so as Christ followers, we are called to love and serve those around us. And I just want people to also say, how do I do that inside my home? How do I do Mm. that inside my home? And so love your man, serve your man, not because you're awesome, because God has given you the spirit of servant, servanthood and the spirit of love that you can give around, out to others around you, including your husband. There you go. Wow. Jamie Ivy, I tucked that away. Good. <laughs> yes. That's so, so good. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Just because whenever you think about when we step into just daily life things, mm-hmm. when we step into um, leading people and like walking alongside people as we disciple and all of these things, it's like, it's going to reflect like what we do in private, it's totally <laughs> what we true. do when no yep. one else is watching. And so like in private, when no one else is watching in the four walls of your home, how are you living? 100%. Because you can only yep. fake it outside the home for so long. Yeah. Yeah. That's really encouraging. Wow. Jamie, I just love you and I'm blessed by you. I'm blessed to know you. I'm encouraged by you. You are like an older sister to me like Aww. that I've never met, but I feel like I know so well. You're so kind. <laughs> oh, can you tell people one more time as our bookends of this episode, where they can find you, how they can stay in touch with you, all of those good things. Yes. I would love to meet your listeners and Instagram is my favorite place. I'm at Jamie Ivy and it's I-V-E-Y. And then my podcast is just, it is a joy to do because I get to have amazing people like you on the show. Mm -hmm. And you can listen to that. It's The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. You can find it wherever you listen to shows. Wherever you're listening to this interview, you can also listen to ours and go back and find the one where you were on. And uh, and then jamieivey.com is where you can find information about books and speaking. and, And I have a Bible study there that we have. And so it's just, that's where I am. That's incredible. That's incredible. Y'all don't want to miss it. This this woman and her and her spouse and her family are are just a gift. And so I hope that you can stay in touch with her and just be blessed by what the Lord is doing in and through her life. Y'all, I love you. And I am just so thankful for how you're tuning into the wedding series. And no matter what season you're in, I pray that you are greatly encouraged by the reality that God loves you and he's called you to love him and love others as yourself. And we can do that by being compelled by the love of Christ who demonstrated his perfect love for us and that while we were still sinners, he died for us. It's a game changer. No matter what relationship, no matter what season, friendship, family, spouse, it will change the game in your relationships, including with yourself. So y'all be sure and have just so much of this encouragement. Write it down, share it with people. I hope it encouraged you and have the best week. I will talk to y'all next week. Bye guys.
I pray blessings and encouragement and a deepening of faith over your life today. Be sure to subscribe, rate, give reviews, and go share this episode with all of your people so that we can continue to build our community and build our faith. Thank you for tuning in to the Have You Heard podcast, and don't forget how awesome you are. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.